Welcome to the Art of the Dive. 2022-2023 season of FPL is underway. Uh, if you go onto the website, it's going to say that they're still updating things. But we've got about nine teams whose prices have been revealed. Schedules are out. And I have the entire crew together, Nick, Jake, Jim, and Ryan. We're doing kind of a last-minute pod here to just get the season kicked off short, discuss some things, discuss template. Looking forward to it. Fellas, how are you? You! Good! All great right. day for was... some FPL. Yeah, that was Jake great. didn't say anything. Come on, Jake. Say words. Doing well. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, we're back for another season. I think it's season... Um, is it season six, Jake? Is that... Or season yeah. five? Season, season six. six. Yeah. Jesus. Why have we kept this going so long? I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> Who listens uh, to this? Yeah, it's a great question. That's, that's the question, really. Um you know, I think for those that don't know us, we'll kind of introduce ourselves quickly. This is the time of year where a lot of like new people kind of join the FPL community and jump in on podcasts. And of course, being the giant heavy hitters that we are, uh, I think it's important that we introduce ourselves. So uh, we are the Art of the Dive and uh, Jake and I kind of started this podcast um, well now, yeah, five, almost five years ago, a long time ago. And last year, we we kind of formally brought on a couple of our close friends uh, because the podcast was getting to be a lot. So Nick and, and Jim and Ryan joined this, the crew. Um, and so normally, we don't do pods with all five of us at a time. Uh, it's a little hectic when that happens. But uh, we thought for the first pod of the season, we would kick it off together. Uh, Jake, do you have any words that you'd like to add just as the uh, the star co-host of this entire podcast? Um, no, I think that's good. We don't need to dwell on it for too long. <laughs> Insightful as always. What, uh, yeah. What, uh, you know, I think this year for me, Jake, uh, and I hope the other guys agree with this, but I think it's really about getting back to basics for us you know and, oh, and um, okay. yeah well the, you know what the, this podcast had a number of kind of founding fo- or foundational pillars that made us the special podcast that we were and i don't know maybe nick jim and ryan could chime in on what they think those pillars were unorganized chaos okay good check a lot of ums and like throat clearings and uh so at the end of every statement (laughs) are you just talking about how jake talks yeah yeah basically yes okay good anything else i think for me it's definitely the manscaping is just really a central focus of the pod (laughs) check check speaking of which this pod is brought to you (laughs) was that a little too Uh, early for the plug yeah too early too early (laughs) oh man that's Uh, on me I also, one thing I feel like we've really lost, and Jake, I think you can agree with this, is me being more mean to you. No, I think that's good. That's just picked up by the rest of the squad. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for you, All Jake. Right. Bringing it back. We're going to bring it back. Um, how are you guys enjoying your off season? So the... It's, it's the beginning of July where we're recording right now, so we've had um, quite a bit of time now, right? Has it been six weeks or so, seven weeks since the season? Not long has- enough. Okay, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, so uh, I guess we'll just go around quickly. Nick, off-season going well? It's going great. Uh, I didn't have to think about FPL for a few weeks. I caught one fish, so it's going well. <laughs> Trying to catch more, but, you know, last pod we talked about what our plans were. I oh, said I was right. going to go fishing. 
right? And I caught one fish. So success. Was it a fish perch? Yeah. How big was it? It was a five-inch perch. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, teach a man to fish. To forget about FPL. It can only for get six better weeks. from here, you know. Yeah. All right, that's good. Uh, I mean, Jim, it could go off, down. No, it's not going to, Ryan. Jim, Jim, off season. Good. I've caught zero fish, so much less productive <laughs> than Nick. That's it. Yep. Okay, Ryan. Uh, busy, but just getting ready to celebrate the best day in the history of the world on Monday, July the 4th, which celebrates the United States independent from those tyrants over across the pond. So pretty excited to celebrate that. Okay. That's very American of you. Uh, and Jake, how about you? Um, I actually strangely miss FPL. I feel like it's time to oh, get back. Oh, come on, Jake. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. So... This is the same thing. I just want to be really clear. This is the same shit every year, Jake. It's like the four to six weeks going into the season, you are so jacked up. Like you, you, you talk about it constantly. You're reading articles. And after two weeks of the season, you're like, I'm done. Maybe next year. Every year, it's the same. Usually, it's like five or six weeks. Come on. It's a little <laughs> bit farther. Every year. And then it's like, I don't know if I have time to do this podcast anymore. I'm like suddenly working 12 shifts a week. So, I don't really. I I'm so ahead about I, FPL that I just want to work myself to death. So, whatever. No, I definitely don't have time for the podcast. But to play the game, I feel like I have some time. But we'll see. That'll probably change. <sighs> Yeah. All right. Well, my off season has been pretty good. I've been working a lot as usual. And uh, and then I just got I got COVID last week for the first time, which sucked. So I'm just kind of like getting over it right now. So I'll probably be coughing a lot during during the pod. So I apologize. But anyways, let's get into uh, the, the, the kind of meat of the pod this week, which is the reveal of prices for I think, like I said, nine teams, and then we have some schedule stuff that's coming out. And um, I think there were actually a lot of interesting prices. Um, in fact, I thought there was quite a bit of stuff that was a little bit lower than it was going to be. I don't know if you guys felt that way as well. Uh, in fact, I, I saw a tweet. Uh, I haven't done any FPL Twitter this morning was the first time because you guys were like, let's do a podcast. Uh, and so there was a, a tweet that somebody said, the prices in FPL Twitter are so low when they relaunch the game, they're probably going to require us to have 22 players instead of instead of 15 or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of what I was thinking. A lot of low prices. So what we decided to do was we broke the teams down. Um, every Each one of us just has a, a team assigned. Um, and we thought we're not going to go through every price of every player, but we thought we'd maybe hit some of the big names and talk really quickly about, you know, the value associated with those players if we think we may have any of them in our teams. Um, and then the second half of this, we'll talk a little bit about the schedule and, and kind of how templates might um, might might kind of develop as the season goes. So I guess I'm going to throw it over to Ryan, uh, who's got leads uh, that he was going to talk about first. So go ahead, man. So I feel like I'm being a little typecast on this pod by only being allowed to talk about Americans and American managers and Jesse Marsh here coming into Leeds and uh, keeping them safe in the Premier League with his style of play that upset a lot of people because he decided to have team huddles and apparently they don't do that in England. Uh, <laughs> but to focus on a few players here. So uh, the big name on Leeds, right, with Phillips leaving is Patty Bamford, 7.5. Look, last season, 
He played nine games. He was hurt the whole season. He's 28 years old. He scored two goals, two assists last year. I think he's definitely at 7.5 a player to avoid for me. Just not worth that. Whoa. Uh, Why? To, Why? Why? Well, I, I can't trust him given the fact that he basically missed the whole season last uh, year. That's true. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know if he fits into the style of play that Marsh goes for, whereas the two other guys I've highlighted, Dan James uh, at 6.0, Right, the the Welsh midfielder slash forward, uh, his speed and work rate is definitely going to be essential to Leeds being successful, and their new star signing, American Brendan Aronson coming in at five point five, he might be one of the biggest steals in FPL. He was in FPL looked at, history. Would you say? Uh, look, I only go back about ten years, but. As far back as FPL goes, yes, I would say that. Well, Michu for Swansea was five and a half, I'm pretty sure, that one year. but That's not even a real team, Jake. Okay? So, <laughs> Brendan Aronson comes in. He was wanted by Bundesliga teams. He was wanted by Serie A teams. Everyone wants this guy. He decides to go to Leeds to play for Jesse Marsh. He's a very, very talented winger. Uh, he can play centrally as well. He is going to be nailed on that Leeds team, and he's going to be nailed in my team. 5.5, bring him in. So that's I'm going to be f- nailing him on my team. That's <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Do you think So do you think Marsh is just going to play him every single game because he is American and Marsh is American? So I do think Marsh is going to play him every single game because he wants to win. And Brendan Aronson is going to help him do that. Do you think Marsh has a chip on his shoulder because everyone thinks he's not a capable manager because of his American heritage? Definitely. Yeah, he's definitely been stereotyped. Like Ted Lasso, everyone loves comparing him to that because he actually believes that it's important that players are happy and he believes that they're not robots, which is such a a strange feeling apparently for so many people. Uh, So I I definitely think Marsh has that chip on his shoulder, Nick, that he needs to come out and prove, you know, he did it last year, keeping leads up in a really terrible situation, but he needs to come out this year and, you know, finish mid table, maybe top half of the table. uh, And I think he's got the ability to do so. Do you think Americans are the most persecuted <laughs> genre of person in in England? Uh, you know what? I can't speak to what's going on in England. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't get into that. I wouldn't get too deep into that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm the setting pillars, Ryan guys. up right here. The pillars. Let's uh, get back to I, the pillars. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jake. Fuck you. Jake, you're so dumb. You're so dumb. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, Jake, thank you for trying to focus this pod on what it's supposed to be about learning. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to stop talking about leads. Uh, But um, I I, I do I do think actually and I don't know if anybody else does. I I don't know that I'd be starting with leads players necessarily in my team by any means. But, um, you know, I think a player like like Bamford or like, you know, Ryan mentioned um, Dan James. Um, Aronson, I think they're players definitely to kind of keep an eye on. And there, there probably will be a point in the season where like a 5.5 player like Aronson or a 6.0 player like James might somehow plug into your team 
um, like for a short, you know, a run of fixtures or something like that. But um, yeah, for now, you know, I think uh, it's probably an avoid to start the season. So I'm next up. I have Wolves and uh, and City. And so I'll start quickly with Wolves. Um, you know, I think and it depends a little bit on what lineups look like, but Wolves have quite a few low priced defenders that I guess I would keep an eye on. Um, you know, Kilman played a lot of minutes last year. Johnny play, uh, is back now playing uh, and is tends to play like as a wing back, outside back and an attacking role. Both of them are slotted in at 4.5. Um, I do think given like I haven't really thought much about template structure or how teams are going to look, but I do think that you're almost certainly going to have to have a 4.5 defender, maybe two maybe even a 4.0 defender on your team, that that's going to be what's going to allow you to get into multiple premium players, which this year does feel like the direction that things are going to go. I don't think there are any attacking players. I wouldn't look at Jimenez at seven. Uh, it's There's it, just nobody that I would slot in. Uh, Jose Sa was really popular this last season with a lot of managers and had a, a good season as well. But at five, again, I think it's going to be hard from a goalkeeper pers- uh, a perspective to slot him in. Um, so then the next team <clears throat> that I have is City. Um, let's see. So for me, and I think maybe we could open this up to the group a little bit. Is Holland going to be in your team? He's priced in at 11.5. What do you guys think? Does anybody have like a strong opinion on that? I'm not bringing him in immediately. Uh, my my theory, I don't know if this is correct or not, but I've never brought in the the really expensive players at the beginning of the season because I want to see how, how they slot in. So he'll be on my watch list for sure, but I'm not going to have him in the first game. And hopefully that doesn't bite me in the ass because who do they play? One of the rele- or the promoted have, sides that they're just going to like yeah, crush or they something? They West Ham away to start and then Bournemouth at home is their second game. Oh, so it's not like the easiest schedule in the first two games, but... I'm just going to wait and see on Holland. But do you mean, Nick, like high-priced players that are new to the Premier League team or just high-priced players in general? Um, high-priced players that are are new transfers. So players who have yeah. been recently transferred in who are on a new team and are high-priced. I just I can't commit those funds to those kinds of players. And I try to have some flexibility to bring them in if they're all-stars. Yeah, FPL is all about like avoiding risk and... <laughs> having a player that takes up a lot of your budget that's an unknown you're just increasing your risk so play it safe to start i like that thinking but if you look at his statistics right everywhere he's gone he's been successful he played uh 16 matches for salzburg 17 goals he played 67 matches for dortmund 62 goals if you want to talk about you know teams in the bundesliga not being at lower level uh premier league quality that's just incorrect, right? He's got the ability to come in and dominate this league from day one. What about the Norway U20 team? Oh, and he scored nine goals on, uh, what was it, North Korea? Yeah. Yeah. Is that got like uh, is that a trend that's going to continue? Well, you know what? If he does play the U20 North Koreans again, I do <laughs> feel like he could score nine. Who's, who's, the, uh, who's of the Premier League? What team is the most like the U20 North Korean team? Maybe oh. we should uh, put that target on Here's our, my on question our for Nick and Jim. Did you guys not have Lukaku in your team to start the year last year? I did, I did and it sucked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just okay. A, a, one more quick side note on Holland. Where was he born? Leeds. Thank you. 
I don't understand that. Leeds is like the America. Yeah, it's a, the America of England now. This is this is our home. Yeah. This is it's like a you know plot of land that we've claimed. And Wait, it, Holland was born in the U.S. No, it which leads, is now U.S. Which is in England territory. <laughs> but so, I'm yes. incredibly confused. His father played with Gio Reyna's father. So basically, Holland is essentially American, which means he's definitely on the team for me. All right. Um, what's the deal with City then? It was all the rumors around Sterling. I think that's a big question mark. Has anyone heard anything or any developments on this? Sounds like he's going to Chelsea. No, I thought he was going yeah, to Chelsea. Didn't they put like a forty million dollar offer in? We'll see. Yeah, is it is it? It's not done though, right? right? So no, it's not. This done. is all rumors. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a big. I mean, that's a big deal, right? So, I mean, if you look at the prices right now, um, players that also play in Sterling's position, uh, mm-hmm. Foden, Mahrez, and and Grealish are kind of the three main guys that would compete with Sterling for time. Sterling's priced out at ten right now, so if he leaves, you've got Foden at eight, Mahrez at eight, and Grealish at seven. Those that's I think where you find like some budget out of City. Right. That's where you can like get a you can get a huge bang for your buck if Sterling's out, um, because those three either either of those three players are going to are going to be successful. Now I know Holland will play <laughs> through the middle and uh, that probably limits because sometimes like Foden was playing through the middle as well, like false nine kind of situation. So so he wouldn't be playing there. But I, I do think that if, if Sterling leaves, you're definitely going to move on like a Grealish Mahrez or, or Foden. Um, and then I think the last big player for City is definitely Cancelo at seven. Um, I think, I don't know. I think I probably have him at seven. I don't know if I can fit it in for sure, but I'm going to try to. He's he's pretty good uh, and, and has had some really solid seasons now. Um, so that's City. Um, I'll pass it over to Nick uh, for Pool and Villa. All right. So we got Liverpool. Um the 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 so the the players that are like nailed TAA and Rabo so TAA is seven point five and Rabo's at a seven I think I'm gonna have one of those players on my team probably all year I had um, Trent basically all year until maybe game week thirty two and then I brought in Rabo as his replacement so both of those players are again like you got to have them in your squad as far as I'm concerned um, the question mark is is Darwin Nunez coming in at nine as a forward. He's, he's a player that I would be interested in, but I probably won't have him in my squad. And then Jota has a position change, and he's listed at 9 as a forward. I think last year we saw that those higher-priced forwards just didn't really produce, um, aside from what, Kane. So I, I'm feeling like my team structure is probably not going to allow me to have either of those guys in, but we'll see what they do. Um, and then what was Sal? Sal was like, 12 Thir- or 13 13 that that's the other i don't know if i i go like a, a solidless team um i would consider diaz i just don't know what what the team's gonna look like without Mane. if um if luis diaz is like a plug-in for right. Mane, or if it yeah. changes how they play a little bit doesn't that make it seem like he is a plug-in for him? Like, uh, looking not as a Liverpool fan, I don't see how else Klopp's going to use Diaz. Yeah, I, I think, like, like um, tactically, Diaz will be a plug-in for Mane. I just don't know FPL asset-wise if Diaz will 
get the same output that Mane right. had. I, I think um, Jota's going to rotate with like Diaz and Nunez, right? So then that's kind of like the lower price. You get Sala, who's nailed and on pens, or you take a little bit of rotation risk and go cheaper for one of those three. Yeah, but Di- so Diaz's output was really, really strong though yeah. this year. I mean, like in terms of expected involvement and and actually actual involvement as well per minute was was through the roof. He's and part of that I th- I do think is, uh, you know, when, when when you're playing on a squad with Sala and Mane, and there are often these lineups with like Mane, Sala, Diaz all in the front three. There's a, of course a lot of attention paid to Sala and to Mane, and so that's opening opening gaps for for Diaz to play him. But but his like involvement per minute was on par, I think, with Sala. He's not on pens, of course, which takes away a little bit um, compared to Sala. And I get what I think Jim's right in terms of the, that rotation, that three man rotation. Jota's not going to get. He's not going to not play, right? But it seems like towards the end of the season, Nick, and correct me if I'm wrong. But Diaz was almost preferred to Jota, don't you think? As as a left winger, or Diaz definitely yeah, the, played more than Jota at the down the stretch. Yeah, for sure. Towards the end, yeah. once he like betted in, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess it'll we'll be an see, interesting. But... Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see um, beginning of the season. Just you know, we'll have to watch. He's a great, could be a great option um, at that eight point oh price. Well, I think and, he's and an at a price steal. Like, yeah, an I do too. And at, at a that. price too, at a price too. Sorry, Jake, didn't mean to cut you off. Actually, I did at a price too. Got him. <laughs> where at eight point he could fly in price. Like, yeah. like let's say he starts the season and plays the first three matches and scores two or three goals. Uh, he'll he'll jump to eight point five in like three weeks or four weeks. So I think that's the other thing that this year, I think Nick and Jim do a, a way better job than I do of thinking about players a little bit more as like an investment. So what is their potential to rise or fall early in the season or maybe for the first half of the season? Um, whereas Jake is really good at just chasing price points. Uh, I think Jim and Nick uh, do a little bit better job of like predicting. I don't think about price at all, but I kind of got burned on that at the end of this last season. Like the last 10 weeks, I couldn't get anyone good in my team because my value was so low. So anyway, sorry, Nick, didn't mean to cut you off. Continue with your discussion. What about, um, yeah, what about like Trent and, and those guys? So I think, I think Trent for me, I want to have Trent and then uh, we'll see how, how the the squad shakes out here but i kind of want to have trent and then probably um, diaz and sala and that is a good point in terms of value i try to set up my team so that i can hold players and accrue value i think by the end of the season last year i had a like 105 or 106 kind of total value and i was able to get some other players and had some more flexibility there and then switching gears just looking at villa assets i think those prices were announced i think coutinho's at seven Ings is at seven, and then Watkins is at seven point five. So those are the players that I would consider. Um, Coutinho is a player that I love. Being a Liverpool fan, I would consider him, but I think he's a little bit expensive um, given some of the other options. I don't see Villa as like the team that's going to bang a bunch of goals. So you know, thinking about uh, a City mid versus Coutinho, if they're relatively the same price point, I would I would lean City, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now. So I don't think there's anything else to be said about Villa assets, but maybe uh, put put some of those guys on your watch list. 
Um, Jake, you're next up then. You've got Arsenal and Man U. Uh, all right. I'm going to start with Man U. Um, lot of lot of weird prices for that team, but I kind of get it. They were pretty terrible last year. And then they have a new manager. And basically, I don't know why Nick keeps putting Patrick Vieira into my notes. It's funny. Um, <laughs> it's like he like, thinks I don't know who these players are. Um, so Man U is is a stay away for, for me to begin the season. Um, Bruno at 10 is the only person that kind of interests me for right now. <clears throat> I th- Their wingers were just so bad last year, and I don't really know much about the manager, and I'm going to have to do a lot of reading for them um, to, to try to figure it out. But their schedule's not good. Their first, like, six games, they don't play any promoted sides. They play Liverpool. They play... Um, Arsenal, they play Leicester, so a lot of top table teams. Um, so that that's that's me for Man U. Stay away personally. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts. No, I no. I, I, I tend to think the same. Um, I, I saw this great article uh, that uh, Eric Tenag is that how you say his last name? Probably Ten Ten Hag Tenag. Ten Hag stylized it with some uh, Dutch accent, like oh yeah, Ten Hag Ten Hag. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he, um, I saw this great article like, uh, you know, man, you gaffer, um, getting down to business, players arriving for training by 9 a.m. I saw that. And I was too. like, I was like, yeah, I thought that was so funny. And somebody had a wonderful, um, like retweet of it that just said, shocking men show up to work by 9 a.m. or something like that. Like, I, I just think it's wild to me. Uh, I, I, I I really think this, like everybody, uh, everybody hammers United and you look at that roster and this isn't so much FPL. It's just like, you know, football, you know, Uh, you look at that roster and it's loaded with talent. I mean, there's good players all over the place. I really do think that Man United fan base is like one of the most toxic fan bases that exists in the world. Like they say that they're the most uh, committed and that they that they you know love the team. They're also, uh, I think, the the fan base that has absolutely um, murdered the confidence of of the players that exist there. I don't know if that's it's just kind of my thought from looking oh, outside. Oh yeah, in. no, yeah, I totally agree. There's exceptional players that come in, and <laughs> maybe they have like one bad game, and then they're just destroyed by the fans who are basically plastic fans, like. Uh, you're a fan of a team for the last three years who has paid, you know, Ronaldo and Varane and De Gea more than uh, Salah and KDB combined or whatever. Like, they're just throwing money away, basically. Yeah. Sign Pogba for $100 million and sell him for like 20 Zero. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, this, this is great business. And then like the Glazers, the have you seen pictures of their uh, owners or whatever, the Glazers? <laughs> yeah. They're just yeah. like these hilarious like dudes who are have like a ponytail but like yeah, are balding they, on top yeah they look it's just like, like the uh, perfect combination yeah they look like <laughs> they look like some sort of like um you know like a villain from kill bill or something like like a tarantino villain that's what they look yeah. like I, oh they're yeah just like yeah. almost like comic book villains i don't know how else to describe them yeah <laughs> but they're super bowl champions you can't take that away from them like who cares about the premier league if you got a super bowl ring 
That's what's important. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, all right, Jake. So, <laughs> so I guess we should jump. Sorry, COVID's hitting me now. Um, Jake, I, I guess we should jump into your favorite team. Um, and the only other fans that rival uh, Man U fans, I think Arsenal fans aren't as uh, mean. They're just far more fickle. So, uh, Jake, why don't you get going with that? Okay. I feel like we're not that <laughs> okay. bad, but all right. Um, we've just been used to disappointment, and we try to not accept it, and then we just get disappointed again. Uh, so I think one of the few players that got overpriced this year is Saka at eight, unfortunately. Like, the fact that him and Diaz are the same price is like, how? I, I don't get it. Like, seven and a half may be fair. Eight seems like too much for me. Also, they're they're same manager, but bringing in a lot of new players. You know, I think uh, Jesus is going to play up top for them. That's going to change some stuff. They're also in talks with Telemans. I think Rafinha's fallen through, but Telemans is probably coming. And then they also have Vieira from Porto, who kind of plays like the same position as like all these other guys that they have on their team. So I don't like any of their attacking options. Um Maybe, maybe Martinelli at six to start if he kind of solidifies a position. But Arteta tends to rotate guys a lot, and he's got a lot more players and options now. So I don't love it. I think defense is probably the way to go. Um, they have a pretty easy opening schedule. So I, I like um, White at four and a half. Um, I think that's a pretty safe pick. And you can rotate them with like a Man United defender. If, if you want, because those are the two teams that actually rotate schedule wise um, or just go with white and that's it. So, yeah. What about Tamiyasu? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think either, or I, I think I can't remember. I don't think either of them really came up with a lot of <clears throat> assists or returns. I think, I think white tended to have a few more bonus points, but yeah, I, I think it's either this, or they're both, they're the- both pretty nailed. <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't. I think, you know, even Tamiyasu, I, I think he played mostly right back, correct, Jake? Yep, yep. Yeah, the way that they that, that Arteta sets up that four two three one is what he's often using. Um, mm-hmm. And it it just, they don't attack through their fullbacks very often. I, they'll use them in like the, the middle third in the creation phase of play to like kind of build, build players forward. But they don't get like a lot of service from those players into the box, do they? No, not really. And and Tierney being five, it's just he's a no go for me because he gets injured too much. I mean, he's he's True. a nice option, but he just gets injured too much, and I don't want to start with that on my team. Mm. What okay. about Henry? What about who? Henry. Thierry yeah, Henry, not- Jake. Thierry, Thierry Henry. Ever heard of Thierry him? Henry. He's ever heard of that guy? Nick. Uh, what do you think about the goalkeeper situation, Jake? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, why don't I, I'll let you guys talk about it. I mean, I think Ramsdale is going to be the starter, but it is interesting. Turner statistically does seem like the better goalkeeper, but Ramsdale's the nailed on starter and his price moved up to five. So he's in a void for me, probably. Jim, uh, you got any statistics on that? Yeah. So Ramsdale in the post shot XG. Uh, he ranks in the 20th percentile, contributing negative 0.14 more saves than you would expect. So, yeah, Ramsdale, not much wow. of a shot stopper there. Actually, pretty terrible when looking at the top five leagues. Where Turner is in the 90th percentile of that same stat, giving you about 0.2 extra 
uh, shots saved above his XG. So if you want to save some goals, I think Turner's the choice. Is that league adjusted? Uh, that is not league not, adjusted. But it's XG. And the XG is league adjusted. For yeah, but Turner was Turner's him. Turner's playing in like a U14 league, you know? Well, like. <laughs> his, his own federation put him in a situation where he may or may not have had serious frostbite on his foot from an international match. Uh, but you take that out of the equation and Turner's Frostbite adjusted statistics <laughs> sees this off the charts. Yeah, what's his uh, FXG, Frostbite expected goals? We're going to get a call. The second I publish this, like five minutes later, uh, Ted over at StatBomb is going to call and just be like, "I got we got to talk this Frostbite <laughs> adjustment statistic. We'd like to purchase it. Proprietary uh, refinement from you. We want it now. And like, nope, sorry. It's ours. We're not going to share. Well, I think so. The unrelated to stats, but I think this goes back to the issue of American versus English. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think I, there's an issue there. I, again, I think Americans are the most most persecuted <laughs> genre of person <laughs> by the English. I'm not. I'm not necessarily going to go there, Nick. But I will agree that his being an American certainly has fans looking down on him and he's bought into arsenal like they showed video from his last game with uh, new england and he was signing jerseys after the game and some guy was holding a turner jersey but he's wearing a spurs jersey as well and turner refused to sign the jersey for him because he doesn't want to do anything for any spurs fans so he's buying he should have signed a penis instead of his name (laughs) oh he was a dick. <laughs> on, <laughs> on your clothes. Frostbite. <laughs> Maybe don't wear your that jersey. Bye. Like that. Yeah. But I, I also think, too, like, Turner is just a better goalkeeper. And Jim can give you the stats from XG and all that. I'm not – I don't understand all that science. And, like, I'm not an expert on FPL. But I do understand goals and assists get you points. And cards lose you points. And if you look at Ramsdale's stats from the 2021-22 season, zero goals, zero assists, and one yellow Ooh, card. Wow. So that's net negative. Stats. Yeah. And he I don't want the FPL team of the season, but you're probably right. FPL team of the season goalkeeper. I don't he was want good. that. I like to miss an team. FPL asset. I, but if if Turner takes over that position, uh, you know, He's consider terrible. it. Second half. Can yeah. we um, talk about? Can we not? Did you see his yeah. show dives though? Oh my god. <laughs> he does take his leg. I think, like you know, Marco Marco, you were talking earlier about people who could gain value. Like Turner's legitimately someone in a position that people don't really look at a lot that could get value because I think it will be pretty short after the season starts that he does become the number one for Arsenal. He's not All gonna right. gain value because no one will transfer him in. Right. <laughs> You don't get how value like works, all ten Brian. people who play FBL bring in who, Matt Turner. Are not we talking raise to Jake right now? God, I'm just saying, like a starting goalkeeper at Arsenal for um, uh, one or one point five less than all the other starting goalkeepers. To me, that's intriguing. But yeah, for, well, to me, for I'm, you I'm all, in, yeah, I'm intrigued that we just spent a quarter of our podcast talking about Matt <laughs> Turner. So cool. You're Thanks, Ryan. You're you're thanks. We really appreciate that you got your freaking agenda in. Appreciate it. Uh Jim needs some he needs some mic time, so we gotta let him get on now. Uh Jim's got Brentford and Brighton, so take it thanks away. Thanks for Jim. leaving me with the two top teams, guys. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> we should have given these to Jake. That's what we should have done. Yeah, uh, it should be pretty quick here. Uh, Tony's at seven. We all know what he is. Same player as last year. Uh, what's interesting is Reyes at four and a half. Brentford have a good defense. Reyes is a better goalie than Ramsdale. Knows he's Turner, but he should be in your FPL team probably. I think that's going to be the go the go to cheap option. Um, and then the other player from Brentford that intrigues me is Wissa is a 5-5 midfielder and when he plays he gets goals and he plays kind of as a forward uh, keep an eye on that one otherwise their defense across the line is four and a half and their goals are pretty spread out across positions so and another thing to keep an eye on if they have good fixtures to consider but not at the start of the season they do have good fixtures at the start of the season okay though, well don't maybe they? consider them could be your budget option for one of those positions, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so. they play Leicester and Man U. That's right. That's gonna be a good start. Good call, Jake. Thanks for that. Well, after two after <laughs> two games, but I mean, like Jake's thinking about after he wild cards in game week three. Okay, I mean, I don't know. You're not gonna be spending. <laughs> okay. you're not, it's just like I just think it's funny that just Nick shits on me the entire podcast. It's so much fun. Um, so it's anyways. one of the pillars. Okay, I, Marco yeah. said pillars, and I'm yeah, trying my best. You're just too, not okay? very good. You're just not very good at it. So, um, but anyways, <laughs> Brentford like typically, I think like they do pretty well. They ended up mid table team. They have a lot of good fixtures. You don't want to be spending a lot of transfers on your defenders. There's an option. I mean, obviously, if you go Rhea, you're not going to go with a defender. But so you think, Jake, you would go with one like a four point? If you could get a four point five defender from them, you kind of keep them the whole season stashed on the bench. Yeah, I think it's yeah. worth it. I mean, they're not they're not terrible, and they do tend to get goals um, with their defenders. So it's just something to stay interested in. Okay, I mean that's reasonable. Um, we can't say it's not because I don't want Jake to yell at me for being angry to him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's all the teams that oh, we have wait, reviewed right, right now. You, know, you gave me two oh. shit teams and you cut me out halfway through one of them? Unbelievable. <laughs> How can you forget about Brighton? Unbelievable. All right, my this bad. Guy. All right, Go I got ahead. a lot to talk about here. Cucurella, 5.0. A lot of links to Man City. Could be uh, could be in their back line there. That would be a, a nailed option for everyone in FBL if that transfer goes through. Uh, Jake's favorite player, Trossard. Any thoughts on him at 6.5, Jake? I think he's an interesting price point. I mean, he did really well throughout the entire season. I don't think they have as good of fixtures, but I I, I like him at that price point. Okay, I just had to double check those fixtures. Just just making sure we're all on the same page here. <laughs> um, Sanchez at four and a half, another cheap goalie to consider. Their defense was pretty mad last year, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of variation in that, so maybe they come out more defensive. Yeah, they started, right? They started well, and then the second half of the season was pretty terrible, yep, wasn't it? terrible. So, four yeah. and a half goalies, though. You, I don't know, rotate them if you want, or it's goalies. Who really cares, let's be honest. Uh, Lamptey at four and a half, crowd favorite, very lively. Never does anything, but he somehow finds his way into a lot of teams. And that's that's about it for Brighton. Everyone else is pretty boring. All right. Thanks. You're leaving no, I, out uh, Lewis. Four and a half. Yeah, he's he's solid. He doesn't change. You know, he's he's gonna give you your 130 points every year. He's gonna play 90 minutes every game week. Standard stuff. True. It is True. a little weird that he went down to four and a half. That is kind of strange to me. Wasn't in enough teams. Got to get him in more teams. Yeah. The dunkster. Um, okay, so 
I think we're, we're kind of almost done with, with most of what we were going to cover today because that's all the teams. Um, so let's just do this. Um, let's talk briefly about anyone that we've kind of discussed today that we feel like are, is really overpriced or underpriced where there's a lot of value there. Um, we can kind of hit that really quickly. And then maybe each of us pick out two players that you feel like probably are going to be nailed in your team uh, at the start of the season. We haven't seen all the players yet, so hard to know exactly. But uh, And then we'll wrap some stuff up. So um, why don't we start with uh, with Nick? Are there any players that are really, for, to you, standing out as overpriced or underpriced? And uh, what players are, are going to be nailed in your team to start the year? I think Kevin De Bruyne is overpriced only because he can't stay healthy. So I don't know that he ever plays like a full season. Ends up with injuries is at 12.0. I also, like I mentioned, I think Holland is maybe overpriced depending on how he's um, deployed on that team. So I'm I'm not, not sure about that. I feel like Ronaldo maybe is underpriced at 10.5. Uh, wasn't he like one of the top forwards last year I, and he went down? a little bit uh i don't really know the numbers and i don't really follow the game very closely but yeah that's kind of where i'm at i don't know otherwise i think there's a lot of players so i think what they do in fpl is they probably price like the most popular players kind of over what they should be and then everyone else is between like six and eight and then they're just like who the hell cares just go pick other players like that doesn't get us any engagement in the game so we don't really care about price just some quick notes so holland at 11 and a half is the highest for a player entering the league someone who wasn't in the league the previous season um ibrahimovic was also at 11 and a half those are the only two players at that price point who haven't played a minute in the prem yet um and then ronaldo uh was the second highest scorer i think he was highest in points per match maybe above kane so yeah i, I agree with nick that ronaldo's definitely one to keep an eye on and the holland price point is really high but at city he could have that productivity yeah, that's good. Okay, Jim, do you want to kind of just, is there anything you want to add since you've got the floor sure. here? Yeah, I mean, TA and Rabo, if you get both of <laughs> them, you get 400 points a season. Like, that's that's static. Like, just get them in. Don't transfer them out. Use your transfers on positions that matter. I'm going to have both of them. Um, those are my two main ones. Otherwise, I guess Sterling at 10 was disappointing considering Grealish is at 7 and their other wingers are at 8. Okay, Jake? I hate to say it. I kind of agree with Jim. Um, I mean, the weird, the weird, the weird thing with Liverpool is like, which three do you go for? Casala is an interesting price point in a sense that there's a lot of better deals on Liverpool. So that's going to be interesting and something to monitor. Like, how do you, do you really want to start the season without him? I don't know. Um, But I I think TAA is nailed. Um, I think Diaz is nailed for me. And then I really think, you know, you got to have some Man City to start the season. Their fixtures are good. So monitoring the Sterling situation. But I, I feel like uh, Mares or Jack are going to be in my team. And then I'm, I'm considering Holland. I'm with Crane. Um, I, I hate... I hate having expensive forwards, but the beginning of the season is kind of the time that you can do it because you can have like one bench fodder player. Okay. Ryan, anybody? Yeah, I mean, Nick brought this up during the Arsenal comment. I think Thierry Henry is really overpriced at 12.0. <laughs> like, he hasn't even been in the league in 10 years. Uh, but, but other than him, I think 
you know, Darwin and Jota at, at Liverpool. I I don't know about starting with them, especially at 9.0. Like, I want to see how yeah. the season plays out a little bit and what uh, Klopp is doing in his head of his that no one really can understand. Um, I do really like Cucurella, and I think, you know, unless he gets bought by City for $900 million. Um, I think he could be a, a really sneaky good player from Brighton. He was their player of the season last year on the team. Um, and, and he's a really, really skilled player. Uh, obviously, you know, a couple guys that we talked about today on my team, Aronson and Turner, nailed for the whole season. Okay. And then, of course, price hasn't come out, but I don't care if it's 20 mil, Pulisic, He's got something to prove. Tuchel has been keeping him on the bench because he's afraid of everything that he's going to do this season. Right. So those right. three guys, uh, maybe a Matt Miazga too, depending on where he'll, he gets left. He'll only be battling against Rafinha, Sterling, Zayek. I don't even know who else is on that team. Uh, they're getting yeah. they're getting rid of Ziyech. Like they're Ziyech. they're done yeah. with him. Yeah, he's going to UV. Is the plan unless they want Pulisic instead? But yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I I think everyone's mostly hit the things uh, that I would be saying, but I do think that the biggest question marks for me right now uh, in terms of could they be considered underpriced are uh, Diaz and then Foden, Mahrez, and Grealish, depending on uh, kind of the way those teams line up tactically and, of course, uh, if a player like Sterling moves. Um, and so those are the guys that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on. Um, in terms of players nailed in my team, you know, I think everybody said it already. I'm kind of with Jim. You know, I think that, uh, I think a double Liverpool defense is probably just locked in and then not move it, right? The whole year, just leave them be. Um, this year, I really want to kind of get back to what I've done in years past. And that has been, uh, trying to basically get almost 10 spots in my team that are just locked down that I never touch the whole year. Uh, you know, including there might be a little fodder there, like a guy that you throw away. And then a couple guys like Jim said, you know, you just know you're going to get at least whatever, 200 points, 190 points or whatever from a player like that. It really, it relieves a lot of stress as the year goes on because you don't even have to think about those positions then. They're just locked in. You can focus on making moves to chase some price rises or focus on making some moves to try to get ahead of the curve. So um, as prices are revealed, we'll have some more podcasts and we'll talk a little bit more about how we might structure and handle our teams um, going forward. So does anybody else have anything that they wanted to discuss today or talk about? Otherwise, I'll just close out with a few little pieces of information in business. I kind of like how FPL has uh, like lowered the prices. How like Rashford was like nine have, and a half yeah. last year. Like now they're actually considerable. You know, especially like with the Man City guys who right. are like super rotation risk that no one went with. But now Bielish at seven, I'm like, eh, I could probably make that work. Eh, you fit him in. Yeah, I think we we talked about that last year. That <clears throat> I think uh, with one of our preseason pods, we said we felt like. In general, FPL does a pretty good job of pricing players that are, like Nick said, the popular players. Um, and we think that sometimes they don't do a good job of making more players accessible in the league. Like the idea should always be, I think, from a pricing perspective, to try to set the game up in such a way that like there's a, a variety of different ways to build your team. And like you said, Jim, because they drop the prices a little bit on some of these guys, suddenly... Like, yeah, you could go into a season and I could start with Grealish. You might start with Foden. Somebody else might start with Mahrez. And 
and but they're all like in that similar price range so we all have access to them right what you know whereas last year didn't Grealish start at nine or something like he was you know like no one's gonna you can't get into him you can't even have him and so suddenly the you know and everyone whines about templates but yeah then templates do for sure form so kind of interesting that they've done that i completely agree yeah anybody else comments or, or thoughts just on what we know so far i agree completely <laughs> thanks nick yeah um Okay, well, I think we should probably wrap this up. It went longer than we had planned, but um, you know, we've got uh, we've got the Discord, which is is very active right now. I've not been on it at all on purpose. I haven't been on Twitter at all on purpose. I just I need to connect uh, disconnect myself from social media things for a while. Um, but yeah, we've got our Discord, and if that's something that you're interested in joining, uh, we've got a great group in there. Um, you can join our Patreon. Uh, you can email us at theartofthedive at gmail.com or Patreon the Art of the Dive. Uh, when you do that, um, you, you can also DM us on Twitter if, if you're interested, uh, DiveFPL. Um, and, and we'd love to have a conversation and get you guys involved. Um, it's a really good group. I think a lot of people that help one another out. And it's not just like FPL. There's about 8 million channels in there now, but a lot of like, I mean, anything from like, Star Wars to TV series to uh, investing to like anything you can think of music like there's channels about those things and it's a good community so if you want to join we'd love to have you um, and help support the podcast and, and keep things going um, also we have our, our Art of the Dive mini league which will be opening up uh, once the game kind of opens back up so we'll, we'll keep people posted on that um, and you can follow us on, on Twitter at DiveFPL um and, and download our podcast almost anywhere we really appreciate if if you share the podcast with other people uh and um and leave reviews that that helps grow the audience so uh all right i think we're gonna get out of here any final comments from the crew no jake jake any no. comments no all good okay all right we'll get out of here i'm marco i'm jim i'm nick <laughs> I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. And remember, you should die. Oh, God, that was bad. <laughs> A oh, little bit what? about the template. And then, you know, just catching hold up. On, hold on. Oh, hold on. Oh, no. Hold on. I don't have a headset in. I just realized that. Yes. <laughs> well, that was everything. <laughs> All right. And that's the end of the pod. See you later, guys. I'm Marco. Uh, there's no one else who has a working audio. You should die, but not listen to this podcast. How many beers in us, Jim? That's the problem. Okay. You have a headset in now? I think we're good. I think everyone's good. I could have heard you before. Do you guys do recording? this every single week? Fuck off, Ryan. <laughs> usually it's just Jake who has the problems. Jim's usually on top of things, but his internet went out less last night. Yeah. I mean, it's... I don't listen to the pod, so I wouldn't know, but it seems like you guys should be a little bit more organized. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good intro. Do the same thing, though. Yeah, thanks, guys. I know it was a good intro, and now I have to try to do it again. <laughs> this could be a good blooper reel. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs>